afternoon, everybody. Welcome aboard. This is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together we get to uh, we get to do this every single day, Scott, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, helping everybody to head back to the window. Timmy Earl in the house. What up, Tim? Great member of our Max Wagers Network family. Scott, uh, not a lot of action on Monday night. How'd your day go? I did well. I had one play. I had the no-run first inning in the Diamondbacks and Dodgers game. One, two, three, one, two, three. Just like a waltz, buddy. One, yep, two, three, much. one, two, three. There you go. Yep. It was one of those days, though, where I was torn between like three separate plays, and they all won, so it didn't really matter, but I got the even money one, so I guess that counts for bonus points maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, Michael Dose says the NBA lottery tonight. How important is it to win this, though, as there uh, doesn't seem to be a bona fide number one pick, is there? And King Me in the house. What up, King Me? Uh, says best bets. Rays on the run line. Cubs on the money line. I want to like the Rays, but they've really just been struggling lately offensively. Yeah. I mean, Detroit has not been good either offensively, but... Are you a fan of Tampa? Because at some point you're assuming, along with every baseball team, you have a couple of slumps, you pick it up. But both teams offensively have really not been great. Do you want to lay uh, a run line here since the money line's basically minus 280? Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, uh, McClanahan has been kind of the bright spot of that rotation so far. But they don't score for him. But I they, mean, you look at his numbers, he's got a 2.52 ERA yeah, I know. in 39-plus innings, and he's 2-2. Two and two. Put up uh, put up 20 runs total in his uh, seven starts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not ideal. And this is a Detroit team that we talked about uh, how bad their offense is. It's been a little better lately. Uh, they have scored three or more in their last five, so... Uh, I might look for. They've, I might look for won, a better spot. They've also won four in a row, scoring less than six runs in each game. Yep. So they're pitching well. The offense is. I mean, if three runs or more is going to be your ceiling, that tells you what you need to know about the offense. Because yeah. you're not expecting to score three. They've they've scored three runs or more in their in their uh, in their last five, and they're averaging three point six runs per game. <laughs> so, and again, they've won four of those five as the pitching staff's given up just uh, five runs in the last four games. So that'll get it done. also explains why you have a total of six and a half when one of the people involved is Brisky. So yep. that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a credit. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to ask gamblers if they think the baseball is different. All you have to do is look at the totals to tell. It's so. always a good time for brisket. <laughs> Would it kill you to make a nice brisket already? Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, Bronco Devil says Ivy is the best player I saw this year. Who should be number one, Scott? Uh, based on my personal opinion, or who will go number one? Mm-hmm. Based on betting odds and everything. Give us both. So for me, first of all, I think Holmgren's a work in. I think a lot of these guys are work in progress players. I think Jabari Smith will be number one because he appears to be the most pro ready guy. Worst case is he'll show up as a stretch four and shoot 37-plus percent from three. But I do think he will be the number one overall pick. It's really tough to say who I think should be because, once again, there are a lot of projects. So I do think that to find an immediate contributor who could blossom into something is a little bit tricky. 
are you a Holmgren guy? Because we've talked about him all year long. It seems like he has the most upside based on the unicorn frame and actual stature, but we can agree he needs to gain, what, 50 pounds? Yeah, I, I just don't know. I really think that's a guy that could have benefited from another year in college. And, of course, it's difficult to give a guy another year nowadays because you can walk into all the endorsement money and the actual number one pick money. Right. Even though now with the NIL deal, I know there's some tinkering going on with the NCAA, but you're getting paid in college now for a player of Holmgren's caliber. So he would have been making money anyway, but – it's really a question of what do you think's better for him? Do you think he'd be better off with another year under few? Or do you think he'd be better off learning on the fly, getting paid as the number one overall pick? I think he'd be better off learning under few. I think he'd be getting I think he'd be getting more reps and maybe have a chance to bulk up that body a little bit. Um by the way, Tim Roll laid out a uh uh pretty nice little um WNBA parlay, if you guys are looking for that. I know you're a uh, you follow the WNBA. I did a podcast today. So there you go. Keep keep an eye on that. Look for that for from Tim up there in the comment section. You can make money on it. So don't don't judge me co-hosting an MB, a WNBA gambling podcast. I don't. People at home. No. Yeah, I was going to say. You, People at home. The limits are shorter, but realistically, I doubt you're betting up to the limit anyway. So you can still make some money betting WNBA. I give uh, I give no shit to anyone who finds a bet they can make money on. It would yeah. make me hypocritical to criticize the WNBA when I'm hammering 40-yard dash times. Sure. So, yeah. yeah, there you go. No, I proudly tell the story about making a shitload of money on American Idol and the elections. And, no, I don't give a damn. If you got an advantage, pounce. pounce. WNBA, I believe, was the largest title future I've ever won. A couple of golf tournaments I've won 20 to 1, 25 to 1. I know I said I like Sam Burns a couple months ago. He won it like 30 to 1. But... I had the Storm a couple of years ago at like 12 to 1, and they didn't lose a single playoff game. It's a beautiful So thing. that was the easiest and best title winner I've ever had. Bronco Devil says he still judges. And uh, STM Network says uh, money to be made at any small level sport. Yep, absolutely true. The, any, anywhere where there isn't going to be eyes, you have a bigger chance to have a line not move against you, and you also have a better chance to find line inefficiencies. No what is the max usually for the limits on WNBA? It's like two grand, maybe. You're asking. You're asking the wrong guy. I've never. But made, I'm saying I've never made a four. I've never made a four-digit bet on WNBA. I was going to say though, like small four digits, probably. Yeah, that'd be my guess. I'm assuming most people in here are not betting four digits on any given play. I'm, assu- I'm assuming. Uh, I'm assuming a two thousand dollar limit would not jam up too many people in the everyday betting world. Yeah, a couple people it might, but for the most part, it won't. So. You can still bet one full unit of your bankroll on WNBA if you want to. Yep, absolutely true. Unknown entity here is, he finally made it. Good to have you here, buddy. Nice nice you could make it. And, of course, we want to remind everybody out there to smash that like button. Hit that thumb just like you were trying to hammer a nail. Hit that thumb. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channels, both Winners and Winers and the uh, Max Wagers Network. And uh, check out my premium plays in the description of today's video, another two and one yesterday on the uh, premium side, so we'll take that. Angels let me down. That was my play of the day. Scott scored three. They scored. Ru- they scored a bunch in the first. Three runs know? top of the first. They got Syndergaard on the mound, sitting pretty. I'm getting ready to sit in that rocking chair, baby. And uh, yeah, it flipped over backwards as uh, Syndergaard gives up six in the bottom of the first. So, yeah, not ideal, my friend. Not ideal at all. Oh, Magellan, I'm aware that a two K limit would jam up your bankroll. 
You sent me some screenshots. I know. It's fine. And that's why WNBA we, doesn't have to be for you. It's fine. That's why we didn't say everybody. We just said yeah. uh, we said some or most. Magellan, I know you're in a separate category. Um, what else, bud? What, uh, you know, we got our we caught it. Of course, we got our deal at Caesars going on. That's a fantastic situation. It's still happening. So make sure you check that out if you haven't taken advantage of it yet. You should get your Caesars account opened up. Your first deposit, first bet. Make it a good one because you get it guaranteed up to 1100 bucks. If you lose it, Caesars makes you a hole. If you win it, well, congratulations. You just won a big bet. So, uh, yeah, make sure you check that out as well. The win, the code is ATS wins Caesar CZR. That is in the description of today's video along with the link that will take you right there. So, anything else? What I forget? No. That's all e I could think of. Everybody I don't think we have, everybody's I don't think show? We have a weakness guide yet. No, we don't have the Preakness Guide yet. That will be coming, I believe. Um, make sure you check out all the great offerings here at the Max Wagers Network starting at noon with Midday Money and Mr. Sean Higgs. Of course, it's Allie Burns at 1 p.m. Morning Wood, 2 p.m. with Chris, 3 p.m. I'm with Scott, 4 p.m. Sean Miller talking about soccer from around the world. And, of course, bringing it all home is the aforementioned Tim Earl, his brother Nick Earl, and Detroit Lenny to try to keep the Earl brothers in line doing it at 5 p.m. on a game time decision. So, uh, do, 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 do. let's find out what happened yesterday, man. It was uh, uh we're gonna have some we're gonna have some some baseball in here is what I'm telling you. Just uh just fair warning, fair warning. All right, cool. You ready? Yep, let's do it. All right, let's get to it. Let's find out the good news, the bad news, the people that were winning and the people that were whining yesterday, the people that took it in the shorts and the people that took it to the bank. Who are you? Raise your hand if you had to call the cops. All right, Scott, let's get her rolling. If you had the uh, Chicago White Sox team total under four and a half going up against the Kansas City Royals, you're betting an under? Are you? Are you? Okay, well, it almost worked. They had uh, three runs in the first nine innings. Mm, that sounds rather ominous. Yep, here we go to extras. Hey, maybe Chicago could just get one run and then win and everybody goes home happy. Uh, no, because you have a ghost runner on second. When uh, Robert stepped to the plate and hit the home run, it was not a one-run homer. It was a two-run homer. Congratulations. Throw that under four and a half in the trash. It was a good bet until it wasn't. Call the cops. And looking at a first five play, if you had the under four and a half in the Dimebacks and Dodgers game, you were in good shape because they only had two runs going into the bottom of the fifth. So you need less than three runs and you win the bet. What can possibly go wrong? Ooh, I know. The Dodgers scored three runs. And the Diamondbacks, first five plus a half, the under four and a half, really anything involving the dog or the under was toast. Brutal. And you can rip up your ticket. Brutal. And a lot of a lot of uh, players in my comment section yesterday had that first five play on the Dodgers, and I felt bad for each and every one of them because it was a – Wait, Dodgers, Diamondbacks? Or uh, Dodgers, Diamondbacks. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, that was a royal fucking right there. I had the no run first, so it worked out for me. <laughs> Finally, if you're uh, doing it in the American League East, you had the under seven and a half in the Yankees Orioles game. They had six runs through the first eight innings. Just knock it off. Stop scoring. Nope. Yankees can't stop scoring. They put up two runs into the top of the ninth, and that game landed Ocho, making your under seven and a half. 
No bueno. Well, you knew the Orioles weren't going to do anything. No. So the question was, would the Yankees stop? And when Trevino, the catcher who was there for defensive purposes only, hits a multi-run home run, uh, it's not a good look midway through the game. It is not. Not a good look at all. Uh, but there was some good news out there. There were the people that had nice, easy wins. And uh, no shenanigans, no extra innings, nothing like that. Let's find out who it was. Who was sitting in the rocking chair? So the first one, baseball, who would have thought? If you had the under 7.5 between the Braves and the Brewers, you had one run in the sixth inning and no runs in the other eight innings. And the game ended one to nothing. Hey, here's a newsflash. The Washington Nationals are not a good baseball team. They are going up against the Marlins yesterday. If you had the Marlins on the run line, they led 4-1 after two, and they just stretched it out even more as they ended up winning that game 8-2. Marlins run line, you're in the rocking chair. And the last one, sticking with baseball, if you had the Cubs minus one and a half against the Pirates, you had an honorable mention on a bad beat for the total, but if you had the Cubs minus one and a half, you're up 8 nothing after one inning, and it takes the Pirates about two weeks to score eight runs. You ended up cashing that easily. They won nine to nothing. Pirates did get a hit, though, so that was something. Good for them. They did not score, though, but they did get a hit. Yep. And uh, I'm going to talk about a play that I had, Scott, the wrong side of it, however, and uh, I thought it would be more of a pitcher's duel. And it wasn't. Hey, odds makers, you had baseball yesterday. You only had, you had one job. You had to handicap baseball games, and still – you guys can't stop the drinking. Let's find out why on earth, Scott, were the odds makers drunk? That's yeah. going to be me next week in Vegas, by the way. Just breaking bottles, throwing shit around. Yep. Nice. Stumbling optional. Absol- absolutely impressive. So we mentioned this, and uh, I was on the wrong side of this game twice as I had the Angels and I had the under, and that was not a good place to be as the Angels opened up a 3 nothing lead in the top of the first, and already you think, hmm, I wonder if my under's in trouble here. Uh, by the bottom of the first, you didn't have to wonder anymore because the Rangers put up six. And that total of eight, that looked pretty silly because these two teams put up nine runs in the first inning. Yeah, anytime you have a total of eight and it goes over in the first of nine frames, I think the odds makers were a bit drunk. Game uh, only landed 11, though, so they really settled down after the first inning. But- yep. Who cares? The damage was done. The needle and the damage done, to quote Neil Young. So, yep, not good. Not a good day for the uh, for the Angels. And I like them again today, Scott. So I'm a I'm a glutton. I'm a gluten for punishment. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, what what can you say to? Uh, there's really nothing to say. I mean, it made like sense. Cindergard was pitching well up to that point, and he got absolutely torched. Yep. Yep, he did. I don't. I you know didn't see it coming. You know that's what somebody somebody gave me shit in the comment section about uh, you know nice pick with Phoenix. You're like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you predicted Phoenix to lose by 33. Congratulations, you're you're a much more prescient handicapper than see, I. See, all you did predict was Phoenix to score 27 points in the first half, but you're not a miracle worker, you know? right? Right. I just knew they were going to put up 27 in the first half. Exactly right. Uh, so we got your uh, we got your basketball. Taken back off tonight after a, uh, a, b- a brief preview of what the rest of our summer is going to look like here in a couple and weeks. And hockey. Uh-huh, and hockey. Well, I can only talk about one at a time. So uh, let's let's delve into this uh, Boston game. Who do you like here? Uh, well, my play that is on Miami. 
I got the minus one and a half. I believe FanDuel moved it to two. So I did beat a half point line move there. Getting the trash can ready just in case. But I like the spot for Miami. And you can look at Boston and the road they had to go through in order to even get here. And I would much rather have Miami's road of facing off against an Atlanta team that's not very good and a Philly team that's not very good. But Miami has not played since the 12th. So Miami's had about four full days off. And Boston had, I believe, one full day off because they played on Sunday and did not play yesterday. Right. So I'm going to take the team that's been able to prepare for the opposition for about a week while the other team had one day. And Miami's been undefeated straight up at home this season. I think Boston's going to win the series, but I do think Miami should fare well in game one. Is it a bit of a hot take based on how good the scheduling spot is to say that this is a must-win game for Miami? Because I really, I really feel that way. Like yeah. if Miami loses this game, they might get run out of the building in four or five. It's possible. I, I think I don't know that it's a must-win, but I think it's a, I think it's fairly critical. You have to hold serve at home if you're Miami here, especially with the. Well, you know, Boston lost home a couple of times last series, and they ended up winning a couple road games against Milwaukee, so it didn't matter that much in that series, but. Boston, once again, should play its worst game in game one because of the scheduling spot. You're assuming Miami, with the crowd and the rest advantage, should look significantly sharper and more just more full of energy. Wouldn't you agree with that? Um, yeah, I think I, I just worry about how good this Boston's team is playing right now. They're just playing such good basketball. I'm not sure Miami can guard everybody. Both of these teams play very good defense against the three-point shot. But Boston has just been so successful. Um, I don't know, bud. I, um, I'm, I'm kind of leaning the other way. I know there's, I know there's a, a, the rest advantage certainly lies with Miami, but I think there's also a little bit of momentum that gets involved, and you have the, the risk of Miami coming out flat. I think sometimes it, it works against you in that situation. I mentioned a trend in my video. I believe with three plus days off, the Heat are 36 and 15 ATS in their last 51. Okay. So historically speaking, they have been very good following a long layoff. But for me, I do think Boston's the more talented team as a whole. But it's such a brutal scheduling spot for Boston. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but teams that are following a game seven while the other team is not tend to be brutal in game one. Yep, that does seem anecdotally to, to be true. By the way, STM Network says we would both be stumbling through Vegas. You know him better than I do. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm, I've definitely stumbled through Vegas in the past. I don't know if I would continue to stumble through Vegas. I don't think I've ever actually stumbled through Vegas. No? I don't think I've ever been insanely drunk. Right. I've had some drinks here and there, but for the most part, I was with friends. You pregame a little bit, you go to a club, you know, you sweat it out anyway. Yeah, good point. So you got out there, you got out there in the dance floor, do you? You bust some moves. Uh, I can't say that I have many great moves, but at the end of the day, when you go to one of these EDM whatever, because my friends are into it, whether you want to be dancing or not, there's a lot of jumping going around and a lot of body heat, so you tend to sweat a lot of it off pretty quickly. Okay, in my experience, good, at least. Good point. Uh, Jones in the house as she's been buying bandages to stop the bleeding lately. Uh, we've all been there, Joan. Uh, Nathan Cerna says uh, that I do not believe teams would rig a game. Um, he thinks the Suns. Uh, he thinks the Suns sold out. 
So I didn't. Then they sold out. I don't think they got paid to do it. Well, I I answered a question on the last show about rigging a game, and it was more, it was more from a uh, an organizational standpoint. It wasn't from like one or two players tanking. I believe that's possible. We've seen Tim Donaghy, you know, I, I think uh, as the proliferation of gambling increases and these guys can run, run up some debts. Uh, NBA players are getting paid so much money that I doubt you really have many players doing that. That's now. what I was going to bring up is you have to make it so worth their while. Um, but my main argument against some some big conspiracy, and you hear it in the NFL and then you've been hearing it in the NBA with Phoenix going in the tank, is no one is ever cracked. Of all the hundreds and perhaps thousands of people that would have had to been involved to make this happen, no one has ever cracked. No one has. Has ever there cracked. ever been a point shaving scandal in the NBA? Because I know it happened, of course, in the Massachusetts area mm-hmm. in college in the sixties. Uh, well, they had they had a couple. They had one. It was at, the Henry Hill one? Well, was, yeah, seventies. Yeah, that was in the seventies. They also had one at NYU in the sixties. I was going to say Boston College was seventies, right? Right. Right. So that's, that's since the one referencing then, Goodfellas. You haven't had like a, a single player point shaving incident in the entire NBA that I could think of. Well, again, no one's been caught. That's what I'm saying. So, so do I think that they rigged the game? No, I just think Phoenix no showed because Dallas punched them in the mouth and they had no response. So I think there's, there's a difference between being extremely soft as a team and actively punting the game. Phoenix went down early in the first quarter and simply put through in the towel. Yeah, I think there's a difference. Exactly what it looked like. I mean, you you know, you get these guys that are making literally two hundred to five hundred thousand a game on the regular contract. I don't know how much you can sweeten that pot as a gambler. Yeah, especially with the max contracts and the salary cap being but, raised. And that's what I'm saying. Sponsorships and whatever. Yep. No. Uh, Nathan says I love how everybody is enamored by Luca Magic. Honestly, I don't I don't like his smirks and his cockiness. Phoenix started it last series you know luca is not afraid to talk crap to people yeah i'm fine with it just because of the fact that that could be what he uses to get himself going we've seen garnett kobe even like Dwayne wade and a lot of superstars bird jordan you go way down the line there's a lot of superstars that have always trash talked to get themselves amped up for a game right that seems to be what luca does luca is one of those guys who needs to kind of have a chip on his shoulder if he's going to be successful. I've been a big Luka fan since he was in Real Madrid. I actually made money on his final game at Real Madrid. But, yeah, going into the league, I thought he would retire as a top 50 player of all time. And I might have been underselling how good he is because he might retire top five. Okay. Uh, Super Sly agrees with you that Booker and Paul insulted him first. Lucas had a history, though, of talking trash to people. But even if you remember the Clipper playoff series, they called him, what, a bitch-ass white boy? And that's how you had that whole controversy that started, even though I really didn't care. But the point is, is that it seems like Lucas, since he is viewed as being a soft European, because that's the stigma around European players, they're more finesse-based, NBA players, mostly Americans, think that they can push him around. And Luca tells them, no, you can't. And if you do that, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to laugh at you while I do it. The Eastern Europeans, some of them kind of have a kind of have a mean streak in them. If you, if you but think- the point is, based on previous decades, a lot of American-born players think that these European guys are soft. Well, and they're not. I at would, least anymore. Yeah, I would say they're not playing because some of those leagues over there, those are those are for grown men. 
But I think people would agree if you watch basketball in the 80s and 90s, you had the Vladi Divaches of the world who were flop magnets and people thought that they were soft. And even though if they put up numbers, people didn't exactly respect them. And now you're trash talking Jokic and Doncic and Giannis. It's a different breed of European basketball player than it was in the previous like 60 years of the league. That's all I'm going to say. Right. Well, and I think, again, I think with, with, with Doncic's and, um, um, you know, with with the the Eastern Europeans, I I think when you grow up, because those guys are growing up tough, you know, and they're fighting a lot, so uh, they're playing tough leagues. Uh, I don't know about as far as Greece goes. I don't know how the leagues are there, but I do know if you're playing basketball in Eastern Europe, you're growing up fast. I'm just saying, most people growing up assumed the European guy was the finesse soft player, right? And it seems like the actual reputation of European players has been extremely tougher over the last couple of years. Yep. Yep. Uh, do Tony we, Parker, Pau Gasol, all these guys. Do we both agree about the under in this one? I like the under. Uh, you can make an argument if maybe one of these teams gets hot from three, but I'm expecting a very hideous series in terms of offense. Even if Boston comes out with a lack of energy, defensively, they're still very good. I know Marcus Smart might not play, but the one game he missed in the Milwaukee series, Boston had arguably its best defensive game of the series. Right. So they played well anyway. Robert Williams is back. I'm not sure what type of role he will have against a three-point shooting team like Miami, but he's still a great rim protector. I like the under. I think every game will be a race to 100, and I think that more than half the games will have no team get to 100 points. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's a seriously uh, a good take there. All right, moving on to the ice, buddy. Mm-mm-mm. Two totals of seven, which I find extremely fun. So, Tampa Bay, big dog here. Let's talk. Let's talk about them first. You think there's value in taking Tampa Bay? Uh for game one or the series? For game one, and the series. Well, let's start. Uh, for game one, I'm torn on because Florida. I do think we'll be pretty motivated just based on the fact that Tampa's the team that beat them last year. So Florida with the home crowd might end up, uh, I'd say, getting off to a decent start in the series. I'm still not a Bobrovsky guy in the playoffs. And the truth is, I thought Florida did not play that well against Washington. And you can argue that Washington should have beaten Florida if they didn't choke away a bunch of leads. So I'm actually going to lean to Florida game one. However, I do like Tampa to win the series. I think Tampa's the better team. And Florida has so many great lines. They have great depth. I do want to track the status of Braden Point, who got injured in Game 7 for Tampa. And, of course, Point is their third-best player. Fourth, actually, maybe, it depends if you include the goalie or not, but he's probably a little bit worse than Stamkos, a little bit worse than Kucherov, but still very good. But for me, I think Tampa's going to wear down Florida over this series. Florida just did not look good against Washington. And yes, Florida is known as being a comeback kid type of team, but there's only so many times you can fall behind two, three goals before you get your ass kicked for it. And I think Florida is going to get its ass kicked for it. They tend to get off to slow starts and Tampa's not afraid to pounce. I will trust the champions until somebody beats them, especially plus money. But for game one, I do like the Panthers. Okay. Uh, lightning at 142 for the series. By the way, both these games are still six and a half, or they're back down to six and a half, whatever. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, they that, were seven on the overnight. Yeah, it's juiced over, but uh, you can still find six and a half available. Um, Andrew says the Celtics are going to be motivated from the bubble loss to Miami. Maybe over a cup, maybe over the series, but game one. I, I mean, I also don't know how much it matters because you do have some key pieces. Of course, you still have Tatum, you still have Brown, you still have some guys, but you go down the line. Horford's not there anymore. Uh, Rozier's not there anymore. Uh, Kemba's not there anymore. Yeah, you can keep going down the line just because they have some players who were on that team that lost does not mean that every player from that team is still there. So I think it might matter a little bit, but once again, do you really need added motivation to make the NBA finals? Yeah. We've talked about that in the past. Like, Oh, that I think motivation matters in specific games. Like that's why I do like Florida to beat Tampa tonight because of the loss last year and the fact that they're at home, but for a seven game series, I don't buy motivation. If oh, they're not trying to win the championship, get out. There can be a little motivation in that you remember how bad that felt. Yeah. I don't know that it's like a personal animus where you're like, oh, we're going to pay those guys back, but you remember. But it was it. also a bubble year. Like, do you think of it the same way? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't know either. I wasn't there, so I don't know how those guys think of that. Um, so the Blues and the Avalanche. Blues plus 320 for this series. They were underdogs last series. They won. Can they do it again with Bennington? Uh, I think they can. Uh, the thing is, people are automatically penciling in the Avalanche to either make the Cup or make the Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. I really like the St. Louis team. And I originally picked the Wild to win that series, and I immediately flipped my pick once Bennington was named goalie because I could tell St. Louis actually matched up quite well against Minnesota midway through the series. I really like St. Louis. And I think that their power play is extremely underrated. I think that Bennington, of course, has the championship experience. And what's the story with Colorado's goaltending? Because we have saw the starting goalie in Kempfer injure his eye. They brought in Frank Kuz to play goalie in the final game and a half. But are we sure Kempfer is going to be at full strength for the entire series? Because you might be looking at a spot where even though Colorado is the better overall team in terms of talent... You might have a backup goalie against a Stanley Cup winning goaltender, and St. Louis might have an advantage there. So I'm going to go with St. Louis. I actually do think that the Blues can give the Avalanche a bunch of problems because of Tarasenko and because of O'Reilly on the power play. Okay. Um, Yeah, and Kemper is uh, probable for this one with that eye. So you just have to wonder how bad a shot he took there. But uh, that's what I'm saying. He got he had the towel over his eye. It looked awful. Yeah, that hurts. But do you think the Avalanche are going to roll in this series? Because we've seen the Avalanche have a bunch of expectations. They dominate round one. We saw the same thing last year. Round two comes out and they no show. We've I, seen it before. I like this team this year. They're finally healthy. I think the Blues win one game. I you think, think they win one? Yeah, I think it's over in five, maybe six. Wow, five okay. is my thought. I think it's going six or seven. I really think the Blues can hang around with the Avalanche. I think that they could win the series because I've seen the Avalanche choke a lot. But with the backup goaltender situation going on with Colorado, I do think St. Louis is more alive than people think. Well, if if they have to use a backup goaltender, I rescind what I said. Well, even if Kempfer's back, is he going to look the same with you know the time off and the eye injury? I don't know. Well, we'll find out. 
We'll see. But Bennington's done it before. He looked really good against Minnesota. And the power play was cooking. I think St. Louis can make some, can, uh, you know, cause some damage. Fair enough. Uh, Jim said the Celtics keep it close because uh, those uh, glucose levels hit them like uh, 10 tons of brick. That's certainly possible. Uh, I think they will keep it close. I'm not saying Miami's going to blow them out. I just think one and a half is too short. I think they win by five. Okay. All right. Good enough. Um, Colorado win that series? Or you, you've got uh, you've got St. Louis plus 320? You take that? I really, really like the price of plus 320. I think that's offensive. Seems a little ridiculous. I think, I think the price should be closer to around plus 210, plus 200. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't know how you have that something. That price is absurd. I just don't know how you have something at this level of the playoffs over 300. We saw that happen last year when the Golden Knights were laying, what, $5 against the Canadians? Right. Yep. How'd that go? They lost in six. Yep. So I don't I don't like laying huge prices for spreads. Basketball doesn't bother me because basketball we have seen uh the best teams tend to win uh whenever they face off over seven games. So I don't mind laying it maybe in that sport. But for hockey and the unpredictability involved there, I will rarely lay more than like two dollars, if ever, on a favorite. But I'm actually trying to find out what these series spreads are for the blues avalanche because because maybe you can get a two and a half on the blues like the blues plus two and a half games are around minus 150 okay i don't mind that i know you do because you like the avalanche to win in five right i think six or seven is definitely possible oh sure so i actually like the blues there i think the value is there okay all right very solid um let's turn to the diamond what do you got to you like tonight uh, for the diamond itself, I kept it relatively light. There were a couple plays I was tempted by. To be honest, when I did all the research last night, there were, let's just say, not many listed starting pitchers. Right. So you kind of had to wait it out, which is why I ended up going back to basketball because I didn't know who was pitching in half of these games. Uh, for the actual card, it's also tricky for doubleheaders because you don't know which members of the bullpen will be used in game one, etc. But... We're saving one baseball play for later. I have to be tempted by the Yankees. Uh, I know, of course, you're laying a huge number again, but this team's crazy. I have done a complete 180 on this Yankees team. I did about a week and a half ago. This team's sick. They're 26-9. and They've started to hit the ball well. Their pitching's insane. And they score runs for everybody not named Montgomery. So with Tyone on the mound and with the Orioles' awful offense, I don't mind laying one and a half. I think the Yankees should score at least five, and I'm not sure Baltimore gets more than two. So I'll take the Yankees. Okay. You? Yeah, I, I think that's – I like that play as well. I'll admit I was wrong about my favorite team, and I'm happy to be wrong. So far this season, the Yankees look like the best team in the American League, and right now it's either them or Houston. But after Houston threw in the likes of Hector Neris yesterday in a tie game and you have a questionable bullpen, I actually think the Yankees might be the best team in the American League. I think they're actually that good. You don't put the Angels up there? The Angels have been good, but you go back to the rotation, and you're going to be throwing out who in a playoff series? Cindergaard, Sandoval, and of course Otani's going to go game one, but I mean, do you like the Angels pitching staff? Because I still don't like their bullpen either. The Yankees' bullpen might be the best bullpen in the league. Oh, they certainly They certainly are right now, for sure. Um, let me ask you this. Do we have a 
Do we have a little value here on Arizona at all? With Gilbert going against uh, Pepio? I think you can make an argument that the Dodgers are too heavy. Whoa, wait. I'm sorry. On who? You said Arizona. Yeah, Arizona and the Dodgers. For which game? What? Gilbert's already pitching. The game already started. Oh, was that an early? Oh, it was a two ten start. You're right. They're having a doubleheader. So, do you mean the late game or do you no, mean the game I'm, that already started? No, I meant that one. I meant that pitching matchup. I just thought that was a. Uh, I like no run first inning because it's zero zero in the second inning. I just thought two oh five with uh with Pepio on the mound for the Dodgers. Oh, he's their twenty six, wasn't he? Yeah, you have the late game Kelly versus Anderson. Yeah, and I don't want to lay two dollars against Kelly. I know that people just got burned from it, but I don't mind Arizona first five plus a half there. Okay, I really do like Merrill Kelly. I think he's good. I think Gallon's better, but Kelly, solid trade piece if Arizona falls back down to earth. Mm-hmm. You? I think a team would want him. Yeah. I. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a market for um, – I'm assuming he's controllable for a couple more years at least. So, yeah. Uh, Andrew just got a live Celtics update. Not looking good for Smart tonight. A lot of concern about uh, – uh, a lot of concern even though the MRI was clean. So, right I think sh- Williams is going to play, but you got to wonder about minute restriction, and you have to wonder about how he actually matches up against Miami. And the truth is, Boston looked really good with Horford at the five. No, you said uh, no. Marcus Smart, not. not oh, they said Williams. No, oh, not. sorry. I don't think Smart. I don't think Smart's going to play. Doesn't look like it, does it? I said that in my uh, breakdown. He already missed a game against Milwaukee, and I do think that Boston might be more willing to rest him because of how good they looked without him in that one game. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm they, sure that's why Lowry's not playing game one. Well, and he was, a, he was a healthy scratch in game seven. He could, he could have gone if they didn't needed him, but who, uh, Williams. Oh, it's Williams. Yeah. Yeah. STM network. First day, apparently watching the show. You're a Yankees fan. Yeah. You're a Yankees fan. I always have been, but I'm so negative with my teams that I camouflage it. Well, does it matter if smart plays? You can make an argument either way because they look good without him in one game, but he is the defensive player of the year, whether you think he should be or not separate story. So I still think that he can draw charges. He's a pain in the ass to deal with. And I do think that his absence will matter because he does bring a lot of the toughness that Boston's known for. So I do think without him in the lineup, Boston might look a little bit weaker or at least less confrontational. And against Miami, you kind of have to be confrontational, don't you? Yeah, you really do. So I do think against Miami, it will matter. But I don't think he's going to play, especially since he tweaked the injury in Game 7, and they had one day off. Yep, exactly right. Um, Nathan says Merrill gave him the old banana last time against the Cubs. Wouldn't be surprised if he dealt tonight. Yeah, that's the game after theory. That's the biggest lock in sports, the game after you, you back them and they burn you. They'll absolutely come out and smoke it next time. Could be. Uh, just imagine you being an Islanders fan, but it also mean you're a Nets fan. There's Not- only so much torture that I can handle. Is that is that a thing? Is it the Rangers fans tend to be Yankees fans and vice versa? The argument's location based, so you can argue that since it's the New York Islanders and since the Mets play in Queens, proximity based. There's a lot of fans of both. Because they play somewhat close to each other. Now they play literally like right next to each other. Because the Islanders moved to uh, around right around the Belmont area. 
So the point is, is that they're literally like 10 minutes away from each other. So yep. yeah, I'd say it's pretty common. I'm not one of those people. I've been a Yankees fan my whole life. Yeah, there you go. Nathan Cerna, yes, STM Network is Steenroller Jr. Or where's he, your damned hockey system parlays, he, man? He is, went off the grid for three months. He is he is Steen Machine is is what his Twitter handle is. Didn't even invite me to the Oscar party. You got some nerve showing your face in here. He, he, did you stop by his twenty four hour stream? He did a twenty four hour Twitch stream this weekend. Is he the machine? He's the machine. Yeah. Okay. I can't say that. I ever. I've actually used to be on Twitch, not to stream myself, but to watch. I have not actually been on Twitch in probably like six, seven months. I used to go on to watch some poker streamers, but I really haven't been on in a long time. Right. There you go. Uh, yes, Bronco. It's new. It's it's new Mart and now Mart. <laughs> you know, I I couldn't figure that out until he explained it to me why he did that. But I finally got it. Um, uh, Andrew just nailed two nerfies. Outstanding. Nice. Outstanding. Best part about the Nerfie, you don't have to watch the rest of the game. I'm just, you know, trying to keep my perfect record going for Nerfies. 5-0, and oh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Montana Clayton says, I love both you guys. So far, so good. Uh, I need your honest opinion on the Mavs-Golden State game. Should I take the 4.5 Golden State or plus 4.5 with the Mavs? Money keeps coming in on Dallas. I know it opened up at 5.5. Now it's down to 5 or even maybe 4.5. First of all, do you have any thoughts on the series? Yeah, I told you yesterday I liked uh, I liked the dogs there. I think I think you're getting a good price at plus one ninety or so on the Mavericks. Okay, I think that's an absolutely live dog play there. You know, <clears throat> we'll see. Golden State was so inconsistent. You know, where they played, they turned the ball over thirty times that, again. That's the thing. Um, I'm not sure they're going to be able to do on the, on the defensive side. I I think. I think I'm a, I'm a fan of the Mavs there, bud. I'm going to lean with Golden State. It's one thing to go small. It's another thing to go small against the inventor of the modern small ball offense. And the fact that Draymond can play center, unlike Aiden and unlike Gobert, I do think Draymond can somewhat stay with Luka. You can't stop him, but maybe you can try to contain him to some degree. Right. They're going to hunt Curry anyway, so they're not going to end up hunting Draymond as much, but I do think defensively Golden State matches up better against Dallas than the likes of Phoenix and Utah. So I'm going to go with Golden State because they've been there before. I think they'll force the other guys to beat them. And maybe game six, Clay carries over to the first five games in the series. But for game one, I'll lean to Golden State. We've seen Dallas for the most part look underwhelming on the road this postseason. I know they were great in game seven against Phoenix, but I do think Golden State with the crowd should win game one, in okay. my opinion. All right. But it could go either way. I think it's going six or seven. I don't think it's going to be one-way traffic. I'll take the points. I'll take the four and a half. I think it's possible Golden State wins, but I think Dallas with the points is the play there for me. Um, I love nothing more. I think I think Luka Doncic wants to kick, wants to kick Nathan's dog. I would like nothing more in the world for to see the, the Warriors bludgeon the bastards. Well, I'll ask, what would you rather see in the NBA Finals? Would you rather see Luka with a mediocre supporting cast, but for the first time Luka's in the final, or Golden State again? No, I think throwback. I think throwback Warriors is what I'd prefer to see. I think I'd rather see the Warriors too, because to be honest, I think whoever wins the East is going to win the title. 
And I think that even though Dallas has been a fun story, I think Boston or Dallas would beat the crap out of them. I think yep. they're just too physical for Dallas. Agreed. You? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm with you. Um, Bronco Devil said, "Must be cool to have a dad that's okay with gambling." Your dad. Your dad. Your dad all right with gambling, isn't he? He's fine with it. I can't yeah. say that he's that experienced with it, or he does it ever. But he never really gave me a. You better stop doing the speech. I had that speech once in my life because I was down a couple thousand. Right. Back when I was in like middle school, freshman year of college. <laughs> yeah. I think, or like senior year of high school carried over. So I had one speech of like, you better stop this because you're losing money. And I said, I'll figure it out. And I've been profitable ever since. So um, I had the wake up moment. And ever since then, my mom is still anti-gambling just based on her principles. She's never been a big gambling person. Right. My dad's never cared as long as I actually have the bankroll to back it up. Yeah. And my bankroll keeps growing. So, there you go. so far, no complaints. Well, I told you what I did with, with, with my son is I got him, uh, like the app on your phone or the website then where they gave you like a free dollar to play with. And it was, it set up like a regular sports book, but you just, it was micro bets, but it gave him an opportunity to see that it wasn't as easy as sometimes people make it out to be, or he'd see me winning or something like that and think, oh yeah, this would be a great thing to do. So I think, I think it is a healthy hobby for him. And I, I think he was profitable this year, but I know he keeps his bets in line and, you know, never is very, he's very conservative better. So, um, yeah, it's, it's worked out. Okay. We, we still have fun and we can, and we can talk a little gambling. So, um, you were down when you were cheating. <laughs> I was actually not down when that happened. I was doing pretty well. I'm trying to remember how long ago that was. I want to say that was three years ago, I think two, three years ago, whatever, but no, I wasn't even down. Truth is, you just had an opportunity to make even more money, and you figured, why not? So you gave it a shot. It didn't work out. You should, do a, you should do a tennis podcast, and you could have the tagline, the only man ever banned from major tennis. Oh, like, I'm tennis. the only person to ever do that. Like, no. There's, I'm, there's a, I'm sure there's I'm a sure decent-sized list at this point. Oh, yeah, prove it. But prove it. I've cheated with tennis on several occasions, whether it involved in-person stuff or whether it involved – finding local sports books that gave you parlay options that are completely illegal. And I made a ton of money from that. Well, that's not I made a lot more money from the parlay system than the actual in-person. That's system. not, that's not cheating. That's taking advantage of people who don't know what they're doing. Oh no, it is. But you can argue that it's cheating because you're picking something that automatically cannot lose. And you're making a guaranteed couple thousand a week. I did that for eight months. I think. Right. So, of course, you know, you occasionally give some back so it's so the guy doesn't catch on. Right. But when you're making an extra couple thousand a month for about seven months, eight months, that's going to definitely help your overall yeah. uh, ROI. That helps the role. That helps the role. Absolutely. I'm still waiting to find another local that gives me tennis parlays. Man, what happened with the farm yesterday, buddy? Uh, what happened to it? Yeah, what happened? Uh, there was a rain delay. Yeah. Odorizzi got stretchered off the field, and the bullpen came in, and they sucked. Other than that, it went really well. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Besides that, it was fine. I thought uh, I thought Houston had a little momentum there. They were up 3-2 to two in what? The seventh, I think? Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, yep, couldn't hold it because it was tied 2-2 two to two going into the rain delay. And uh, then they just shit the bed. So, after taking the lead there. All right. You ready? Uh, yeah. All right, let's do it. Unless, unless you have something else you want to talk about. I don't. 
I think we've I think we've covered everything. We talked about both the hockey games. We talked about the basketball games and series. We'll be on Total Chaos later. We'll be on Total Chaos later. Yeah. I suck on that show, but I'm entertaining. Does that count for something? It does. It absolutely does. And we'll be on there with Chris. And, of course, that's Allie's show. So that should be posted somewhere around 8 p.m. Eastern time. So check that out on the Max Wagers Network. Total Chaos. But now it is Tuesday, and it is time, once again, kids, to uh, to do it to it. Put those overalls on. Get your straw hat out. Climb aboard your John Deere Get those lucky keys out. Rub that, rub that rabbit's foot, man. You're not, you guys aren't rubbing your rabbit's foot enough for us. We need, we need a little help here tonight. It is time once again, kids. You know it. You love it. Let's get ready. It's time to bet the farm. All right, sir. Well, we talked briefly yesterday about our Houston pick. It was still that's still a pick I'd make every time, buddy. Was, of course, uh, you're getting plus money for the much better team. Yep, yep. I'm just, I'm not going to pass. I'm not going to pass on that against that Boston team and the and a bullpen that had been pretty sketchy. But worked out for the uh, for the opposition last night. So let's see if we can get back on it here today. And uh, we're going to stay in the major leagues as we take a look do, 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 to the east. We look to the east, kids, to reveal today's bet the farm play. And I know a couple of you guys talked about this game. We kind of ignored it because we had it here. It is going to be the Miami Marlins on the run line, minus one and a half at plus 125. Uh, Miami's done very well in this series so far this season. They've won the first four, and Washington just can't get anything going on the offensive side as they have scored less than three runs in each of those four meetings. Poteet is starting for Miami. Who? That's right. Poteet, no aim. And love him because he has been fantastic this year. 16 and a third innings pitch, giving up just one run on the other side. Someone that is makes it a lot more difficult to love. It is Adon. He is going for the Washington Nationals. Joan 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 Adon going for the Nats. He has been not good and he has been really bad on the road as he's pitched 13 and two thirds innings with an ERA of 8.56. I'm guessing. Uh, that's 13 two-thirds innings, giving up 13 runs would be my guess there. Miami, bullpen, not too shabby. 3.40, that ranks 10th in the league. The Washington Nationals, shabby. 4.03, that is tied for 20th. I think Miami has the advantage in all facets of the game here today, but especially in the pitching matchups between the starters and the bullpen. Once again, Miami rolls. Give us the Miami Marlins on the run line for Bet the Farm. Well, the main reason why I threw in the bullpen stats when I made the sheet was because Petit's numbers are very good. However, he does not typically go that long, kind of like what we saw yesterday with Whitlock. He's a four-inning guy, maybe occasionally will touch five, but usually around three or four. So if he gets through that and the bullpen's much better than Washington's bullpen, that should be enough to get the job done. Yep, absolutely right. Yeah, you're going to get four innings, and then here comes the Washington pen. And enjoy that. It's one of those games, if you get down early, don't panic because there could be good things to come. So that's going to do it for the farm. That's going to do it for the show. We thank everybody for stopping by. Don't forget to again, once again, to check out all the great offerings here at the Max Wagers Network. But uh, if you can't make any of those, at least come back and see us tomorrow as we'll wind it up again, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I will do our best, as we always do, to help you in that journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then.